but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I got baptized at uh, Lake Minnetonka. Uh, I hit a couple backflips. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. My swag was having no swag. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Minnesota Sports Podcast for this Tuesday. It is the 29th of March, and let's keep it twins focused here. Today, and before we do, I have some special announcements that are going to be coming up with the podcast. We have some big announcements coming up with it, so be sure to stay tuned into next week. We're going to make that announcement uh, either late this week or at the beginning of next week, probably more the beginning of next week, so keep listening in uh, for that change that's going to come with the podcast. But let's keep it focused here on the Twins today, and the one thing I want to, uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about. Number one, uh, since it's fresh on the minds of Twins fans, is that Chris Archer is officially a twin, and this would be a big move if the year was 2017. But the fact of the matter is, because the Twins were uh, linked to wanting to trade for Chris Archer back in 2017 when the Rays were first looking to get rid of him because they had guys like Blake Snell and and all these guys coming up. And, and that trade, by the way, worked out pretty well for Tampa. So maybe it's for the best the Twins didn't uh, didn't try and get fleeced by the Rays in that deal. Even though the Twins, when you look at Joe Ryan, when you look at Jake Odorizzi, they've actually, for what they've given up, for what they've gotten, has actually been pretty good in terms of trading with Tampa Bay. But I'm getting uh, a little bit off topic here. Uh, so Chris Archer's a twin. Starting pitcher. Two-time All-Star 2015-2017. I know 2017 for sure. Uh, he's a guy who... Uh, when you look over the course of his career, uh, over the uh, his handful of seasons now that he's had in the league, uh, for his career, he's got a 3.87 ERA. He has uh, he certainly has had a lot of prestige when you look at where his career started to uh, you know and and the ceiling that he had at the time uh, just a handful of years ago. But looking in now to Chris Archer, he's fallen off the wagon a little bit ever since really he got traded from Tampa. In 2018, he pitched about 150 innings, had an ERA somewhere in 2018 at like 4-3. Uh, it wasn't great, but it wasn't necessarily a train wreck of a season. He still uh, accumulated a war of 2.5. Uh, it's really 2019 when things kind of fell off for him once he got to his age 30 season. He's sneaky old is Chris Archer, already 33, or will be during the season. Um, but really in 2019, he kind of fell off the wagon, um, had an ERA over five, uh, pitched 120 innings, so it's a decent amount of work. He just didn't pitch very well in 2019. Uh, and then 2020, he was hurt all season. 2021, he comes back to Tampa and really just kind of is there. Um, he had a lower ERA, but he also only pitched 20 innings. And again, injuries definitely played a part in Chris Archer's 2021 season, as well as his 2020 season. He's a guy who's, uh, he's a guy who's definitely fallen down the mountaintop. He's a guy who's had some injuries and we'll see what he can do now as a Minnesota twin. Cause here's the thing. Are you going to say that this is, are you going to say that he's kind of, uh, that his decline is more based on injury or is it just more based on he's losing his stuff? And we'll kind of discuss that issue 
a little bit here. The Twins, obviously, signing him to a contract, giving uh, there's a mutual opt-in for next season. So the Twins and Archer could both opt back into next season. I'm just going to assume it's a one-year deal. Um, it's a $3.5 million deal, 3.25, something like that. So really, when you look at his contract, it's not that bad if you're the Twins. If he's bad, you just cut bait and you move on. Um, but with, uh, with Chris Archer, he has two things, and, and it's two things the Twins love. Again, the Twins, I'll get to this in a second, but the Twins poached a lot of Tampa Bay's uh, scouting, development, kind of coaching. They really plucked a lot from Tampa. Rocco, obviously, being a big example, but a lot of people who just work now inside Target Field have a lot of Tampa Bay roots in them and that philosophy. But sliders and fastballs, that's something the Twins pitching loves. They love pitchers who use the sliders. And Chris Archer uses his slider just as much, if not more, than he uses the fastball. I think if you check uh, his baseball savant page and you look at the percentages that he throws, um, and this is based off 20, uh, this is based off 2021, but he threw the slider Almost as much. He threw the slider at 42%, threw the fastball at 45%. So he's a guy that really, really likes to throw the sliders. And honestly, that's been a dip from his last couple of years since he was originally in Tampa Bay. So you could even expect that number of sliders thrown to go up for him. And so that's kind of what the Twins want to do. The Twins think if they can bring him in, the Twins have a lot of people in the building uh, that can really help Archer out. They have a lot of people who are familiar with him because uh, this was pointed out by Aaron Gleeman on Twitter that Baldelli was on the race coaching staff during Archer's two all-star seasons. The Twins front office pitching guru Josh Kalk also had a similar role with the race during Archer's time there. They have some people in the building who, who are very high up, who have very good relationships with Chris Archer, and that's probably a big selling point for him coming to Minnesota is that they have guys who can work with him and they're going to offer him a spot. Also, Gleeman said that uh, really Archer should be ready to go in the rotation. So if you stack opening day up, it looks to be something along the, uh, along the lines of Sonny Gray, uh, Bailey Ober, Joe Ryan, Chris Archer, Dylan Bundy. Kind of some combination of those five uh, when you look at it. But that remains to be seen. But what really, when we look at Archer, is you're hoping, okay, can the Twins kind of just get their hands on him, maybe just kind of straighten a few things out, get that, uh, you know, get his numbers back up. Can they get his slider working again? Because here's the thing about Chris Archer is his, there's two things that pitchers need to have in today's day and age. They need to have, movement, they need to have a lot of spin on their pitches. They need to be able to make it do things that hitters can't account for. They also need to throw hard. And those are two things that whether it's age or just whether it's bad mechanics or whether it's whatever, those two things have gone down for Archer over the last couple seasons. When you look at his, again, we'll compare this to 2017. That was his last all-star season is that Chris Archer, his average uh, fastball pitch uh, his average fastball speed was 95 miles an hour 27 in 2017. In 2021, that number was 92 miles an hour. Looking at his slider in 2017, uh, his average was 88 miles an hour, really 90, and then 87 miles an hour in 2021. And in 2017, by the way, his fastball spin and fastball slider have both declined in 2021. They've both... Uh, 
declined a fair amount. Uh, so what does that say? Now, the Twins are obviously hoping that it was just some bad coaching, that they can just get on him, maybe they can tweak a couple things, and they're going to be able to get at least a little more production out of him. They're, they're not going to get the all-star Chris Archer, but they're hoping they can at least get a competent enough Chris Archer who can help out this team uh, at age 33. But, and, and again, this is the high end. The high end is you get Chris Archer, you bring him in here, you fix these things, you figure out how to get a little bit more spin, maybe how to get a little velo out of him. You know, maybe you just tweak something. Again, tweak something in his mechanics, you bring him in. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a pitching coach at the major league level, but they obviously have some kind of plan for him to try and get him going again because just throwing him out onto this team as is, is not going to be as planned. So it's not going to be what the Twins, I should say, really are wanting to do. Uh, so, again, this he throws a lot of fastballs, throws a lot of sliders. We're going to see the sliders go up again. He's got to find a way to get some movement or a little bit of speed, one or the other. He's got to find a way to increase something, preferably both. Um, and, again, is he on the decline? He's 33 years old. Or is he just been injured and he needs another chance to prove himself? The Twins are hoping it's the latter, but if it's not, and that's the thing, if Tampa couldn't fix Archer, the organization who brought him in and made him a superstar, if they can't fix it, can the Twins? Again, Falvey and Levine have picked off a ton of Rays people, but a lot of those people in Tampa are still there. A lot of the people in charge. So... I don't know what they're going to do with Chris Archer. I don't know what that path is going to be. But all I know is that with Chris Archer, he's a guy that when he was on in 2017 was an ace starter. He's not going to be an ace in Minnesota. His ceiling is a number three. Chris Archer is not doesn't round out this rotation. I know Falvey and Levine said today that uh, you know that they they think that they're they don't foresee any moves before the season starts. I don't know if that's true or not. It sounds true, but also, you know, don't don't put anything past them. If the right deal comes up or if they think they can make a move, they're going to make one. So I, they would just, I wouldn't put too much stock into that comment. But that's the thing. If Tampa can't fix Archer, can the Twins? Because when you look at their buy-low options last year in Schumacher and Hap, those both didn't work out. And those both blew up in their face. And the reason that the Twins are bringing in these guys is because outside of Over and Ryan, the Twins have a ton of young arms who have not proven themselves, and you're not going to just throw them up to start the season on a team where you're looking to compete and say, all right, here we go, let's give it our best shot. You have to put a couple guys in there who can make an impact, who uh, at least a couple veteran arms who still have enough left in the tank to get you at least halfway through the season until some of these young guys maybe get a few more starts under their belt. But again, this Twins pitching staff has been an issue, and we'll talk about more about the Twins pitching staff later in the week, but all I'm going to say with this Chris Archer move is this is a nice signing. It's not Sonny Gray. It's not trading for Montes or uh, Manaya, but it's something, and it's something to at least get a veteran arm in there. He doesn't have – his ceiling is high, but his floor – is definitely lower than somebody like Pineda or somebody lower than Odorizzi or somebody like that. But Archer's still a fine arm when healthy, and that's just the big thing. The Twins are putting a lot of stock in a couple guys staying healthy, and if it works, they'll be a solid ball club again, and if it doesn't, they'll be like they were in 2021, which was disappointing. 
so speaking of a couple guys who are looking to turn things around in 2022, uh, moving over to the position players, Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez. Of course, they were the two twins acquired in the trade that sent Josh Donaldson over to New York and cleared up a bunch of cap space for them to get, well, cleared up a bunch of payroll, I should say. There's really no salary cap in baseball for them to go and get Carlos Correa. So Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela, obviously the Yankees uh, got Donaldson. They wanted a power-hitting third baseman. They also wanted Keener Falefa. Uh, and with those two, they're able to redo their right side of the in, their left side of the infield. And the Yankees have some big shortstop prospect coming up that they don't want to, you know, they, uh, Keener Falefa's like the twins. They saw him as a nice bridge to their young prospect at shortstop. So it was kind of like, okay, he can kind of sit there. And they had to get, they had to dump some guys who were playing those positions. Sanchez was playing catcher. They wanted to dump him out of town so fast. Uh, and Gio Urshela, who's uh, one of their players that just got moved in this process. But when Gio Urshela and Gary Sanchez were on their games, they were two players who were contributing to a Yankees lineup that, by the way, has made the playoffs like the last five years in a row or something along those lines. They they don't miss the playoffs, and they've been, they've been key parts of those teams. So they're not bums. They're not, you know, what a, New York sports media can kind of over overrate, underrate players, overreact to certain players. Gary Sanchez seems like a big one. We'll get to him in a second. But first, we'll focus on Gio Urshela. And if you want to kind of hear my full thoughts on this, the full uh, kind of in word, um, I have a piece up on zone coverage talking about how Urshela and Sanchez can impact the Twins this year. Um, but when you look at Gio Urshela, his biggest thing is that he's going to play third base. He's going to fill the shoes of Donaldson. And in 2019, uh, and 2020, he was a solid defender. He wasn't necessarily a gold glove winner, but he was somebody who, in terms of defensive runs saved, in terms of um, zone rating, was somebody who played the position well. Somebody who you can feel confident putting at third base. And when you look at his hitting ability uh, for Urshela, 2019, he really had a breakout year. He hit 314, had an OPS almost to 921 home runs. Um, and then the next season, he followed it up with another solid year. He took a step back last year. Um, his strikeout rate went up. Um, he just, everything uh, just went down uh, besides the strikeout rate. Um, really, when you look at the numbers, if you kind of take a deep dive uh, with Urshela, he just wasn't able to make strong contact and kept putting the ball in the dirt. His ground ball rate, every time, uh, about half the time he was making contact with a baseball, he was going into the ground. Now, that's not always a bad thing. I'm not saying you need to have a giant fly ball rate. But at the same time, that was a dramatic increase. Um, that was a career worse. Like, it, that was the highest ground ball percentage he had. And the 2% weak contact, it doesn't seem like a lot. But in terms of how baseball savant ranks it, that's his career worst. So he's a guy, and he wasn't able to hit the ball hard as his average exit velocity dipped to before 2019, which is when he broke out for the Yankees, was hitting it. He was hitting it into the dirt and not provide and not being able to put the ball in an advantageous spot when he hits it in play. Um, something Gio Urshela can do a little bit about him, since like I mean, I'm just going at the numbers. I can't say I've deep dove on some tape, but looking at his numbers, he's 42 percent 
first pitch swinging in 2019. That's gone down la uh, the last couple years, but maybe the Twins kind of unlock that. Maybe they tell him to start attacking the zone, tell him that his role isn't necessarily to work the count. He'll be bottom of the order. Let's take your pitch. If you think you got a good one, rip, grip it and rip it kind of thing. Um, so, again, and, and Urshela, by the way, for somebody who had 21, 21 home runs in 2019, that's not necessarily the Yankee Stadium effect either. As uh, when you look, and this is going to his 2021 20, numbers, is um, that he really, when you look at his 2021 numbers for Urshela, he only hit two fewer home runs. Uh, baseball savant tracks this out. Uh, to where they look at how many home runs would you hit in each ballpark. And Urshela would have only had two less home runs had he played at Target Field and not at Yankee Stadium. So this is somebody who uh, this is somebody who has enough power. He's not a power guy, but what I'm trying to say is that this isn't like an inflated Yankee Stadium numbers. Um, not that there is a giant one uh, with Urshela, but still... Uh, he's a guy that can hit. He's a guy that'll be towards the bottom of the order. He'll be a third baseman. He's a decent defender. This is somebody who, again, they're kind of by low guys when he's on. Uh, Urshela was a really big part of the Yankees. Not really big, but he was a key part of the Yankees winning uh, how many games they won in 2017 or in uh, 2019 rather in 2020 in 2021 uh, Urshela has a big part in that and Gary Sanchez is somebody who's played for the Yankees even longer Gary Sanchez um and by the way one last thing with Urshela is that he his defense did go down last year according to metrics but I I'm gonna put that a little bit more on the fact that he wasn't playing that he was kind of playing in between third base and shortstop and he wasn't very comfortable and I just think it's more of the fact of you keep him at one spot he doesn't have to worry about where he's playing every day he knows he's gonna be the third baseman you just keep him there I think I don't think that's gonna automatically turn everything around but I think it's going to bump him up in the right direction just clear his head let him focus at the plate let him focus at one position a small scale. If you could small-scale pull a Jorge Polanco, I think you're in a really good spot. So now on Gary Sanchez, uh, he's really become a player that Yankees fans have loved to hate, it, hate, and I think I think I know why. And I think it's because he represents to a lot of Yankees fans what Sano does to Twins fans. He has power. He can hit the ball out of the ballpark, but he strikes out a lot. And... I'm not, and I'll get to it in a second why I don't think that's completely fair. We'll get into that a little bit. But uh, obviously in 2021, he had 23 home runs, but his OPS was 730. So he's not somebody – he didn't have a terrible season. Again, it wasn't no good, very bad. He stinks. It was just fine and not to the level that he'd been producing in the past. Gary San Sanchez is a two-time All-Star so in his career. Um, he's primarily going to play DH, which, again, the whole thing with Urshela. Gary Sanchez is a terrible defensive catcher, an abysmal defensive catcher. So keeping him away from that, there's a reason the Twins uh, picked up uh, a guy on waivers whose name I can't even remember is because they need another defensive catcher because they traded Roardvet in that deal with the Yankees uh, to give them a defensive catcher. Uh, they, behind, now that besides Jeffers... Don't expect Gary – I mean, he might come in. He might be that emergency catcher. But I, I expect the Twins to have three catchers on this roster because of Gary Sanchez just being a liability on defense. But the Twins can put him at DH. Now they have that option. He's a guy that can slide into that DH role. And I think that that's something 
that they can take advantage of. Just tell him, you know what, you focus on hitting. Don't worry about having to catch. Maybe his legs will be a little fresher because he's not having to be down squatting all game. You focus on hitting. You do that, and we'll see how this goes for you. And I think that there's a chance that that can work out with Sanchez. So when you look at the numbers uh, with Sanchez, I think really he's a Sano type of player. He's very boomer bust, but I think he's a little bit more on a smaller scale. Sano, uh, if you look at uh, all of his percentiles with his exit velocity and his strikeout rate, Sano is like Mount Everest high and like Atlantis low. Like it is, there's just a giant disparity between Sano's peak and valley. Whereas when you look at Gary Sanchez, he's a guy who strikes out a lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but he doesn't strike out quite as much as Sano. Sano is one of the most strikeout prone players in the league. Gary Sanchez is a couple steps above that. He doesn't strike out quite as much. The only thing is, is his average exit velocity is just nowhere near Sano's. So in translation, when Sano hits the ball, he sends that ball a mile, but he strikes out a ton. Sanchez strikes out a little less, but he doesn't quite hit the ball as hard. He doesn't quite make that solid contact. So it's just a little bit of what do you prefer. It's kind of the highs and lows shrink a little bit. It gives you a little more consistent player, but at the same time when he's on, it's not quite to the level that Miguel Sano produced, at least in terms of last season. So, um, you know, I honestly, if you look at the Fangraphs projections for Gary Sanchez, they kind of expect him to have about the same season as he did last year. And here's the thing. If Gary Sanchez is towards the bottom of the order, he gives you 23 home runs an OPS around 730. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not great. But at the same time, if he hits sixth or seventh in your order, I think you can live with that. I, I don't necessarily think it's the worst thing in the world. I'm not going to talk myself into a Gary Sanchez bounce back season, but I think the Twins are, both of these guys are definitely players the Twins are buying low, and I think both of them had poor seasons the year before, so the Twins are hoping that, again, like their season, that everything went so wrong last year that things just have to trend upward because of the talent present, and the Twins feel that with their team, the Twins feel that with Urshela, the Twins feel that with Gary Sanchez, and even to an extent the Twins feel that with Chris Archer. These are three guys who the team has when you think about it, uh, really has invested in them bouncing back this year. And time will tell. And I think there's a little bit of credence to the fact that everything went so wrong last year for the Twins, and especially for those three players, that you just have to think that there's a natural regression, or a natural progression, a natural maybe a progression to the mean, or whatever you want to, whatever word or phrase you want to use. I think that's what the Twins are banking on. We'll have to see. But I definitely don't think Urshela and Sanchez are going to be as big of liabilities, maybe, as I first thought when the trade was first announced. And maybe Carlos Correa coming in makes it feel better because you have a thumper in the middle of your lineup. You can kind of put him down one spot. I think the top end of the Twins hitters is really good. And if they can just get a bounce-back season from a guy like Urshela or Sanchez or heck even guys like Kepler uh, I think a full season of decent production from Kirilov I think that's really what the twins are banking on but time will tell all right well that wraps it up here for our podcast today again we're going to talk about the twins pitching later on in the week and how much uh, how can they really contend we kind of mentioned it we teased it a little bit in this episode but really later in the week we're going to kind of deep dive and see if how competitive the twins can really be 
with this rotation and bullpen that they currently have constructed. That's going to do it. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Minnesota Sports Podcast. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a five-star review and share the podcast on social media to help spread the word.